wake up, America. Take control of your retirement. Because a lot of people say, well, what should I invest in until I have enough to really self-direct? Let's pay attention to this money. It is a huge piece. There's 35 trillion in retirement accounts in the US and it can get whittled away by Wall Street if you're not watching out. And if you think they're watching out for you, you are wrong, okay? Set up a system for at least some basic savings. Welcome everyone to the Main Street Business Podcast. We are so excited for today's episode. I'm Matt Sorensen, joined by the amazing, the illustrious, the man, the myth, the legend, Mark J. Kohler. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. We've got a great topic today. Folks, if you are frustrated with Wall Street, you are not alone. <laughs> Do you control your retirement or are you just hoping Wall Street figures it out? Are you? This is a, a, a serious problem with a lot of investors. They don't even know what is in their retirement account. Right. <laughs> and, and we need to take control of that. Wall Street has got fees at every turn. It's smoke and mirrors on what the actual returns are. We're here today to talk about how you can better understand and control your retirement and get massive returns investing in what you know best. And Wall Street does not like this podcast. They, this is why I wrote the book, What Wall Street Isn't Telling You. Bam. Yeah, we're telling it to you today, though. Okay, we're <laughs> going to give you the facts, the cold, hard facts, and try to educate everyone on what you should be doing. Um, how you should get in control of your finances and your retirement. So many people save stock money away in an IRA or 401k and can't even tell you what it's invested in. Yeah. And they've really just let Wall Street control it because it was easy. They checked a box on a form and they have some target date fund. They don't even know what the heck it is with massive fees draining the returns that they're getting or really limiting them. And they've just been lazy. So like, wake up, America. Mm. Take control of your retirement, okay? <laughs> your retirement's going to suck if you don't. Get on it. Um, and let's be full disclosure and disclaimer, we are not financial advisors telling you what to invest in. We are not selling you anything today. We're not promoting a fund in some big real estate project. We don't have some private placement on the side that we're trying to get you to click down below and give us your money. We are not doing that. What we have is a trust company and what we've been working with for years are other trust companies until we launched our own about four to five years ago that you can move your retirement account into and invest it the way you want with fees that are infinitesimal, tiny compared to the fees that Wall Street nails you with. And you get to control your retirement and invest it. And we're going to explain how that happens today. So that's the yeah. show. We're going to kill it. Yeah, we'll unpack some of that that Mark said. I mean, that is like, th there's so much detail in that. And I don't want to get too technical, but guys, the average fee for a 401k is one and a half percent. You got $100,000 in a 401k, you're paying $1,500 in fees. A lot of people don't even realize it, but go check it out. Stephen Colbert has a video on this about the average fees for 401ks. It's actually hilarious. But this is a reality. Wall Street, and they are taking it out. They're nickeling and diming you on every little thing. That, that amounts to a lot of money at the end of the day. Now, on the other hand, when we, when Mark says invest in what, you know, we're not talking about like the Apple iPhone in your hand or, you know, the grocery store you go to, we're talking about the rental property down the street, the small business in your community, the startup you think is going to go big. We're talking about investing in the stuff you actually care about and want and think you can make money on. Yeah. It's, um, online businesses, notes, gold, silver, crypto, metaverse, virtual yeah. real estate, anything that you're excited about and know that you can make money at your retirement account, 99% of the time can do it. It's just Wall Street's not telling you because they're not making money on it. 
Okay, so let's. So there's our intro. Let me right. hit a couple facts here. I want to give you some facts that are important to look at. Um, we're going to talk about also your financial advisor and what perspective they may be coming from. Are they an advisor? Are they a fiduciary? What questions can you ask to make sure you know you have the right advisor? That if you're some of your retirement accounts, you you are stuck. You're not able to self-direct them until you make a employment change or a business change or there's some there can be some hurdles to get through so you do have to oftentimes work with a wall street advisor and we're not saying always be out of wall street but at least go in with your eyes wide open yeah um so uh let's start with a couple facts i love tony robbins book unshakable because he just beats the crap out of wall street (laughs) and quotes warren buffett who um, contributed a lot to the book i i loved it and here's just a couple facts that are great. If just if you overpay 1% a year in fees for your 401k or retirement account, it will cost you 10 years worth of retirement. Now he quotes Jack Bogle, who was the founder of Vanguard. Yeah, who they really pioneered like funds, like free like or low fee funds, mm-hmm. Vanguard. Which is a big deal. And yeah. he said Bogle said, "Let's assume the stock market gives you a 7% return over 50 years." Um at that rate, each dollar goes up to $30. So if you have a 7% return over 50 years, your dollar will turn into 30. And that's the power of compound rates of return or compound interest. But the average, if the average fund charges you about 2% a year in costs, that drops your average annual return to 5%. At that rate, you get $10. That $1 only turns into 10, not 30 and so he likes to say, hold it, you put up 100% of the capital, you took 100% of the risk, but you only get 33% of the return. So you still put in the same dollar, but because of their fees, that 2% and the compounding effect, yeah, it, your ultimate portfolio is only worth $10 versus 30 and Wall Street gets that money. Yeah. And that is just, it's just insane. These fees may seem small, yeah. but they add up. Yeah, that is such a critical point. I mean, this is for all of you out there that have mutual funds in your retirement account. I want you to take a moment right now, go figure out what the heck they are and figure out what the fees are. (laughs) You go to the gas station, you're freaked out because gas went up 10 cents. Well, you know what? 1% charge of fees on your mutual fund is crushing you. It's eating into your retirement and your future. Okay. So let's pay attention to this money. It is a huge piece. There's 35 trillion in retirement accounts in the U.S., and it can get whittled away by Wall Street if you're not watching out. And if you think they're watching out for you, you are wrong, okay? Yeah, You've yeah. got to be the sheriff. You're on the watch here, okay? Watch out. Take care of yourself. And one last quote here, too. I love this. Warren Buffett, who we all know and love, uh, at his annual shareholder meeting this year in 2022, lambasted uh, Wall Street for effectively turning it into a gambling parlor. And he's like, you always win. Uh, we don't make money unless you do. And he just went on and on. There's some incredible quotes. And he spoke at length during his annual shareholder meeting, criticizing Wall Street investment banks and brokerages. And it, it's it's a mess. So you've got the facts there, hopefully, the feel for this. So let's talk about some basic options. Let's get to some tactical ideas mm-hmm. here. 
Uh, can I propose the first one to me? Okay. Okay. Yeah. The first one to me is let's let's come back to the four hundred one k. The four hundred one k can be one of the more complicated funds, which is usually got the most money in it too. Yeah. But a lot of employers are going to lock that down into some a lot of restrictions. So let's just let's just do some base hits here. Many of you, millions of Americans, have a simple IRA. I don't. I shouldn't throw out the word simple. <laughs> That's a type of IRA. But let's just say many of you might have a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. You may even have a health savings account. You may even have a covered L for your kid's college education. Those four accounts, I love those. The IRA, the Roth, the HSA, and the covered L. Those are like the four legs of a, of a chair. Those, those four, mm. all of you can open tomorrow at any income level, at any age, and start saving and investing in what you know best, not in Wall Street products. So those four accounts are yeah. really a, a starting point for people to go, okay, I may not be able to touch my 401k, but I can touch my IRA. Are yeah. You, you and, like that? and those accounts are long-term things. Remember, we're talking about saving for the long haul for retirement, okay? Because one day you're going to want to have one, all right? <laughs> and But I want to take a step back to when you're starting those accounts, I don't want you to get overwhelmed. Because I think a lot of people think that they got to be freaking Warren Buffett or they got to be some master of self-directed investing before they start. No, no, no. You're going to get there. But you need to start saving first. Save now. Save. Start putting money away. Don't worry about how you're the hell you're going to invest it yet. Just start saving. Then start investing. And maybe you are on Wall Street. Maybe you're buying some simple funds that are low fees that have good returns. Basically, Tony Robbins and Unshakable is like, and Warren Buffett were like, just buy the S&P 500. Most Wall Street managers can't beat the S&P 500 fund. Go beat it. It's got a 9% annual return every year for the last 20 years. So go just go buy that. Now, the third thing, though, is then you would get to investing better and self-directing. Because we know we can do better than that. And we want to compound our money faster and grow it faster. So that's – I want to think of those three things. Everyone's in a different spot. Somebody's got no money that you got to start saving – some people are already investing. You've got a pretty pretty good chunk of money in an IRA or 401k, and you're already ready to self-direct. Some of you are already doing the self-directing, of course, listening to our podcasts. Okay, I'm going to break these into four. I'd love if you agree with these. Mm-hmm. I want these, you know, our producer, James, back on our YouTube. Uh, let's see if we can get these as after effects just right there on the screen for everybody to just see. Bam. Number one, I'm going to, and as we go back to these, is we kind of got our foundation there of our basic accounts, the IRAs, the Roths, the HSAs, covered L's that you can control. Keep that in the back of your mind. Number one, step one for me is do a little audit. What do you have? Yeah. Many people don't even know what they have, what the account numbers are, where they're at. Go, you get mail all the time, you throw it away or whatever. You don't even care because it's painful to look at. Create a spreadsheet yeah. <laughs> and just on Google Sheets or a little Excel sheet and say, here's the three or four accounts I have, my significant other, the kids, whatever. Here's the accounts. Here's the account numbers and what's in them, meaning dollar amount. And then if you have a little note section, try to start figuring out what are they invested in even. Yeah. Um, you can take a gander at maybe what the fees could be, but it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. It is not easy to find what they're invested in. Um, we're going to come back to that, but I'd say number one, just do an audit. Any recommendations on that? Just yeah, I love that. Think of your old employer 401ks that could be laying around. 
Um, know where those are and maybe you need to move some of that money to places, again, lower fees. 401ks in particular have some of the largest fees, unfortunately. Okay. So I love that though. Okay. Now number, and I want to talk about fees and what the, cause a lot of people say, well, what should I invest in until I have enough to really self-direct? So we'll come to that. Number two, I like what Matt just said there is once you have an audit of what you have, set up a system for at least some basic savings. Now this is where Matt and I like to argue, to be honest. Um, <laughs> He's got incredible self-discipline. He's going to go every week and he's going to save in his retirement account at work, get the match. I have articles on the match and out strategy, another topic, but Matt's very self-disciplined with that. I think the average American sucks at saving and I'm one of them. <laughs> okay. So if you feel like you suck at savings, you're on my team. So what I love is some of those easier apps that make life simple for saving. Um, Acorns being a powerful one because with Acorns and some of the bigger brokerage houses are caught onto this. And so they're mm-hmm. up, up in their game with their apps, but Acorns really pioneered this and Acorns think of a little squirrel and we're going to put away the Acorns in the tree. <laughs> okay. And what they do at Acorns that I love is you can program your bank account to put into savings into any of these types of accounts, 50 bucks a week, $20 a week. You'd say, I'm going to not go get that extra coffee, you know, in the afternoon. I'm going to save that $5 or $10 every day, depending on your flavor. But I'm going to save a little bit every week with an auto deposit. Then you can do roundups. I love roundups. At the bank, where was I? I was at Walgreens yesterday, and someone said, you want to round up? And I go, nope, I'm already rounding up. My roundups go into my Roth. Yeah, I love it. So roundups and weekly deposits, these apps can just get that. What do you? Now, that's the basic we're crappy savior, savers crowd. What do yeah. you recommend to just? getting in on a system for start saving. I think saving, just think you're always going to be saving. I mean, maybe you hit retirement, you're in this, you know, you've accumulated your assets and now you're just living off of them. But really in all these phases, you're really saving. It's just how much. Mm -hmm. So at first, if it seems small, that's okay. You're going to be saving more later. But if you get in the habit of it, it's kind of like, if you want to run 25 miles, well, you don't just get out of the gate and run 25. You might need to start running one, two, three. And as you get the financial discipline and you think of other ways, how to make more money, bring in more wealth, budget better, you know, and there's different phases of life and marriage and kids and all these things that put pressures on these, these factors, but just get in the habit of saving. Just mm. like I'm a person who saves just like Say own that and be like, damn it. I'm a person who saves and that is who you are and do it. I love it. I thought I'm going to use the snowball effect kind of a, as a yeah. term here. And that's emotional and financial because when you start saving even $10 a week, it snowballs. Dave Ramsey's a big uh, proponent of snowballing your debt down, but also snowballing your savings up because you start saving that rate of return compounds. I love his little example of a thousand dollars in the bank, thousand dollars. And you know, how does it grow every year on compounding? And, but there's also an emotional snowball effect because like Matt said, you kind of get excited. You start to yeah. see these accounts grow. You kind of get addicted to it. And you're like, I'm a saver, damn it. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so you want to get on that emotional high. And I, I think mm-hmm. that's a big one. Okay. So number one, do an audit. Number two, a, get a tackle saving and yeah. have a system. Number three, until you can really self-direct and maybe get the bigger returns that we, we'd love to talk about, you may say, well, I only got two grand or five grand or 20 grand or 50 grand. And I, I, I don't have a lot of options to invest that right now. I'm busy in my life. My lifestyle doesn't allow me to really hyper-focus on that small business I want to invest to or down the street or the real estate, but I need to invest in something. And you guys tell me Wall Street sucks and there's all these fees. Where's the happy medium? And and I think you alluded mm-hmm. to this with 
choosing mutual funds that have either zero fees on the front yeah. load, back load. Do you want to explain something? Like, where would you put your money with low fees? Well, what what I just do, and I think what's a, a good one, is just find the. I just do the S and P 500. And again, this isn't investment advice. This is pretty kind of like default investing. Unfortunately, a lot of like mm-hmm. plans that you might be in have a default investment vehicle. Like if you're like your 401k at work, if you're saving in there, their default vehicle might be a target date fund. That's like, well, if you're 30, we're going to put you in a fund that assumes you're going to save for another 30 years. And we're going to risk rate that based on all these things and all these people are going to make money on it. Okay, maybe. But there's a ton of funds that are just mutual funds. Fidelity has one. I mean, all the big companies have one that basically model the S&P 500, which is the 500, you know, it's 500 companies that are supposed to represent the American economy. The, the national con- or sorry, the shit American, the economy, <laughs> let's just say that. Okay. They're mostly all big companies that have been around for a long time. Now there's also just the, the, in, the um, index fund spy with SPY that's the S and P 500. And so a lot of people, and even a lot of our sophisticated clients, when they're between other stuff, mm. they're buying this, or they might be buying some other things. And so they're like, I'm just parking my money here. And this is a great strategy for people that are just starting to accumulate. You've got enough savings where you're like, all right, I got 500 bucks, a thousand bucks. Let me start tinkering to invest it with. You might move there and you might be there a while. You might be there in between mm-hmm. other investments until you find better deals that can beat that. I love it. And this may be a, we're going to come back to this management of your advisor, because at this point you're having to make some decisions. Do you rely on an advisor? Do you not? What do I choose? And I love the word you use, Matt, default investing. Yeah. Um, now my co-author of my book, the business owner's guide to financial freedom. And we're going to go to this in a moment in chapter three and talk about advisors. My co-author is Randy Lubke, a registered financial, um, What's the RFC? Investment advisor representative. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I got all. He's got more initials behind his I, name than I do. RMA, CWP, CMP, investment advisor rep. He's got it all. But in the, what I love, Randy, I just talked to him the other day. We had a client on a mutual phone call, and he said, "This is an investment advisor that has a fiduciary duty to recommend what's best for his clients." Only five percent, on average, and this is in Tony Robbins' book, have the same duty. Of, of a fiduciary duty to recommend what's best for his clients. He told my client on the call and I loved it. He goes, I don't like investing in wall street. This isn't a financial advisor. He goes, it's a place you park your money until you find a better place to put it. And, mm-hmm. and you ever had your financial advisor say that? Yeah. And I was yeah. like, Randy, I love you. And he's like, so that default investing is where do I put things until I can get a better rate of return in a real estate project, in a small business, in the, yeah. you know, some crypto or whatever you, you is your flavor. So yeah. I, I love that. Just choosing something that has very low fees. It's um, going to get average rates of returns, mm-hmm. no load funds. Some of you may have heard of no load funds. Yeah. You're not paying up front. Yeah. And I think on saving, remember, I mean, you're in a bank account that's paying you nothing. I mean, you're lucky if you're in a percent on yep. your savings account at a bank. And because inflation is going up and the Fed's raising rates, you might be getting a little bit better right now. But, um, but you know, that that is not what you can get at least get in the stock market. Now, there's risks, of course, in being in the stock market. It's been a roller coaster. S&P 500 is down this year. Okay. So this is also not short-term investing. And I'm not saying just buy the S&P 500. I'm just giving that as a common, easy example. So- but get in the game a little bit. Get out of I'm just letting my money be parked at a bank that's going to pay me nothing, and you know, as much which as means you're losing Street, money. We, sometimes we don't love the banks either. Right? Yeah, yeah. But but okay, now we're at Wall Street here. But we're being strategic. We're being smart. 
we're, we're being, we're aware of the risks and we're looking at the track record. Look at the history, look at the stuff. Don't take big swings. You're not a home run hitter. Just focus on saving and investing. I love it. Now, um, a couple additional thoughts on this is when you're, um, this back to the acorns point and Matt jokes about this. He's like, okay, you put $50 a week in acorns. Where's your money there? It's only a parking spot until I move it to a better investment. So I'm, I'm number four is moving into this. Now I'm going to be doing strategic investing. Before it was kind of this default investing. I'm just going to park it. I want low fees. I want to see if I can get five, seven, eight, nine percent return. It's going to be long-term stuff. I'm not in a hurry. I've got this saving strategy and I'm coupling it with this default investing. Now in step four, we're getting strategic and we're going, okay, now I've, I've taken, I got five grand in my acorns. I got 10 grand in this Roth over here. I've got 10, 15 grand over here. How can I kind of pool that together, do something a little, a better rate of return? Um, and this is where we get into the topic of self-directing. Let me point out this book here for those on podcasting uh, portal. He's picking up the best book in the world. <laughs> yeah. The second best book. Um, well, I've written three books. So this would be the fourth best book. Um, it's titled... Doesn't even get a medal. I'm like, not even on the podium. Yeah, well, well you know, you, you write three books, you can get on the podium. Okay. okay. So the self-directed IRA handbook written by this amazing co-host, Matt Sorensen, second edition. This book, I mean, this is meaty. I, I mean, it's, I will say this. I think it is longer and has more footnotes than any of my books. He put so much work into it. That was a compliment. Okay. You're welcome. You want, you want to say anything? long. <laughs> yeah. If you can't sleep at night, this is your choice. No. But but if you're new to this topic, we have a sister podcast. This book is great. But Matt, I am teeing it up for yeah. you. There's plenty of resources to learn more. But in 90 seconds, tell us tell us what the concept is of self-direct. Now, we're going to get more deep here for many of our listeners that are regular yeah. listeners. Hang tight. I want to give you some kick-ass strategies. Yeah. But for those that are new, um, yeah. what would you say in 90 seconds that explains that concept? So the self-directed IRA or 401k is is essentially a retirement account that you can invest in what you want. So when you have an IRA or 401k with Wall Street, let's say you're at Fidelity or TD Ameritrade or any of those financial institutions, Goldman Sachs, who cares? You can buy what they sell. Like they're financial institutions. They sell financial products. So what can your IRA or 401k buy when you have an account with them? What they sell. Oh, but you can self-direct it at TD Ameritrade. You can self-direct it and decide which stock you want to buy of the <laughs> stocks that are on the stock exchange. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, Spoiler you can have alert. anything you want as long as it's in our store. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm at McDonald's and I actually want a burrito, you know, and if yeah. it's not a, not a breakfast burrito, like a burrito. Okay. <laughs> well, you can have burritos. You just not get them at McDonald's. Yeah. So you need to get to a provider of accounts like directed IRA. Like company. Cheesecake Factory. Like, are you going to Cheesecake Factory? <laughs> you want Chinese? You want cheesecake? Yeah, anything you want. <laughs> you want fajitas? Well, we got it all. <laughs> we got it all. We got a menu from hell, you know? So, oh my gosh. And by the way, for someone like me that has a hard time making decisions on a menu, I mean, that menu is overwhelming. I'm like, oh, do I want this or that? I'm like, just yes. five pages back. Oh, that was a good one back. It's like, it's like the world market of restaurants. I yeah. love it. Anyway, so, okay, back to self-directing. And this is, sorry, I actually don't need this. Okay. All right. All right, so back to self-directing. Let me just say, the most common thing people are doing with these self-directed IRAs is they're buying real estate. 
They're buying a rental property. They're flipping a property. They're doing an Airbnb. They're investing in an LLC with some other people buying a small apartment building or a commercial building. All right? Yeah. Okay, that's number one. Let's do this. And for some of our more uh, regular listeners, you might like to hear. I asked Matt the other day, could you do a report out of Directed IRA, mm -hmm. which now has a billion dollars of self-directed accounts? What are most people doing? And real estate. Number one is real estate. Real estate. Can I guess number two? Uh-huh. Syndications. Yep. Number two, syndications okay. are private placements. So uh, people investing in a fund that be doing lots of different things. Yeah, that would be, for example, for some of you, that's someone's putting together a a fund to go do a, a, a $10 million building. And you're yeah. like, I want to be in real estate, but I don't have time to chase down a fourplex and manage it myself or hire a property manager because with IRAs too, you've got some management yeah. hurdles if you're trying to do it yourself. So syndications, like uh, one of the bigger ones that a lot of our clients are familiar with is like Grant Cardone. He's out there on his 22nd building yeah. and he'll put together a fund and, yeah. and, and people are like, Hey, I, I can put a thousand dollars on my Roth in that. Yeah. Or a lot of the big real estate places, even from like bigger pockets, Brandon Turner's got one. Meet Kevin's got one. A lot of these people in the pomp has one. Yeah. Pomp has one in crypto, you know? And so they have funds that people can invest in. And there's different types of this and whether you're accredited or not, um, there's lots of varieties of this, but that's the second most common is yeah. just investing in private funds. Sometimes they're startups. Sometimes it's a private equity fund or, you know, there's Go so many varieties. Type, yeah. All of those would fall under this. If you want to do a GoFundMe type thing or, and again, you go to TD Ameritrade or get on their app, those funds aren't listed. So you, how do you get in them? Well, we're going to give some practical steps here of the, what you do to get there. And again, our podcast has some the directed IRA podcast. Yeah. The this directed the IRA podcast yeah. the links down in the description. Let's make sure guys that are our producers that that's right up front. That link yeah. to that pod, uh, podcast is right up front. So syndication is number two, number three. Now this isn't, I've got five steps here. We're going to do step five here in a moment, but step four is strategic investing. And I was asking Matt what the, the big ones are. Number yeah. three, I'm, okay, I want to guess here. Let me, real estate, syndications, number three, notes? Probably notes, yep. Would you go with, yep. so loaning people money? Yeah, most of those retirement. are pretty secured notes. I'd say 90% of that's secured notes or trustee notes. So you're basically a private money lender. You're the hard money lender, but you're just using your retirement account to do it. Okay, Getting interest it. and points back on it. Number four, can I go with crypto? Yep, it's probably okay. crypto right now. Crypto, and- Crypto <laughs> used to be a little higher. Crypto is maybe two or three, you know, six months ago, but- <laughs> It's, yep. We're in crypto winter right yeah. now, so. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's some fun things there. One of the ones, just a couple examples. I've been on some calls this last week. Web3 is still, rock. there is yeah. a lot of people still working and building the metaverse and the crypto infrastructure. And cryptocurrency and tokens are still alive. They're just down in value right now. <laughs> yeah. Hell, Wall Street's down in value. So don't think crypto's gone away. It'll be back as usual. Yeah. Um, one of the fun ones, Matt and I were teaching a class and this woman was like, well, yeah, I, I can buy some tokens in crypto, but I'm taking my retirement account. I formed an LLC, and I'm in some of the meta, yeah, some of the what do you call the platforms that are de DeFi DeFi wallets, and so they're doing um, some of these wallets. A MetaMask wallet, for example, would be one yeah. of the biggest DeFi wallets out there. And she goes, "I'm buying spaceships in a video game, and renting those and making money." on my retirement account, owning spaceships in an online video game. And this woman was actually quite attractive too. She stood up and asked this question. And I think every guy in there 
fell off his chair. Was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're doing this in your retirement account? She's like, oh, yeah. So this week I've got clients that are buying weapons and undead blocks, clients that are buying real estate and upland in their retirement accounts. So people buying virtual real estate and renting it. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. So there's a lot going on there's in there. There's a lot of options, a lot of risk in those, of yes, course. Yes. You know, And that's the thing where it's like, we're just telling what people are doing. I'm not saying go do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, um, so after crypto, so anyway, I get excited on something, but that's why I like to talk about it. So I'm not telling yeah. you people to go do it. What I want you to do is open your mind. Yeah. I could do that. Okay. Number five, after crypto, I'm going to go with small business. Mm-hmm. People yeah. that are just like, just, I want to buy a new. Yeah. It's like my friends opening up, you know, I mean, one of the ones that's been really successful here, I've just seen the accounts pretty large now was just was the cash partner based in a wild Buffalo wings, Buffalo wild wings oh. franchise. That's it. I love it. And it, it's great cash flow and it's got a pretty big, big account now. So yeah. but that could be any small business, you know, in your community or, or elsewhere. You've got somebody that you want to be the cash partner. You could use your retirement account. I'm kind of getting hungry now. Yeah. I love the, you want some wings. I do. I want some, <laughs> I, want, I like the boneless wings with like all the different sauces, uh-huh. Oof, the garlic, yeah. garlic, garlic parmesan. Okay. It's not too hot. Okay. I can't do the habanero. Those no, are, you're not in the hot. No, no, I can't okay. do the hot. Okay, so we're getting strategic. Real estate syndications, notes, crypto, small business. Uh, what's the grab bag? What, what, what else would we kind of bring in? Oh, precious metals. Yeah, precious metals. Mm, gold, silver. All yeah, you goodies. can buy gold, silver, platinum, palladium. Those are the four qualifying precious metals. There's certain purity requirements you got to meet on those. There's a whole chapter in my book on oh, that. Diamonds. Can I buy diamonds? You cannot buy diamonds. Really? Yeah. Well, they, they saw no, blood diamond it's gonna, with it's going to fall under DiCaprio a collect- and they said we can't do that. Yeah. So the IRS prohibits certain collectibles in general from your retirement account owning that. And yeah. that's an important thing. There's only three types of assets that are prohibited in a retirement account collectibles, which would include like diamonds or like a stamp collection or wine. art. I, yeah. I wine. love your wine collections. Yeah, yeah. Well, the problem was everybody had a wine collection in their <laughs> IRA and it ended up being a bottle collection. Mm. So, so Congress <laughs> nixed that, but, um, but you've got, um, so you can't do life insurance. Can't do life insurance, and you can't own S corporation stock. Oh, yeah, S corps. Yeah, you isn't that number four? Anything that's illegal by the yeah, feds. Yeah, anything <laughs> illegal. Now we're going to see. I mean, there's been bills really close to passing on legalizing marijuana at the federal level. So um, we have lots of clients that want to invest in marijuana, you know, cannabis related companies. So now the, hemp, we have quite a bit of clients invested into hemp because that was federally legalized a couple years ago, yeah. but cannabis, you know, it's still, despite the States giving licenses to people say that they can sell it. The federal government saying, we're actually, it's a felony. We're going to put you in prison for 20 years if you do it. Yeah. So there's this, you know, we're in this weird spot with cannabis, but yeah. And it's hard to open a bank account for your retirement account. When they ask, what are you doing to do with it? Oh, I'm going to buy, you know, yeah. into a, some sort of dispensary, yeah. but we have a clients that will buy the real estate yeah. that is renting to yeah. the cannabis farms. Oh, we have it in multiple, the, even the, the retail centers, we have clients that they bought the real estate that they lease to a uh, just a retail sales place. Um, there's a lot of permitting and licensing that has to happen there, but we've had clients do it that successfully. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Or yeah, the just the actual, like the farming land that the cannabis is planted mm-hmm. on and harvested. You know, and on this small business one, it was fun. We had a client in Texas that took his retirement account and was buying these honky tonks. You're just yeah. killing it with bars and liquor yeah. licenses. And yeah. I think of all the light he went through and he was just killing it doing bands. And he had a chain of about 10 to 20 honky tonks. Yeah. It's kind of a cool name. Yeah. Honky yeah. Tonk. I mean, my area's invested in honky tonks. I mean, yeah. yeah. Who wants to say, okay. So, let me, if I can take a step back yeah. though, cause those okay. are the things that you could do that are common. I mean, there's yeah. so many different things. And I love how Mark said it earlier. It's like, we're just trying to tell you the things you can do, but it's, 
everything else is open game. Mark's yeah. bought cows with his HSA, yep. you know. Go Yellowstone. I'm a little more boring and I buy rentals. Yeah. 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 Pretty I've got a crypto mine. Yeah. You know, yeah. I own crypto. Just, I just buy the crypto. <laughs> yeah. But um, but let's talk about – I want to go back to like why to self-direct. And we had a guest on our Directed IRA webinar that was, I thought was really insightful on this. And I don't even – he wasn't even talking about self-directing. He was just talking about – he went from Wall Street. So this is Directed IRA webinar. I, I recommend checking it out. It's at directedira.com site. But so I had Jameson Manwaring. He was a equity analyst at Goldman Sachs. The guy's working on Wall Street. Mm-hmm. His job was to go through stocks, and he specialized in the tech industry, and say, buy, sell, hold. That was, that was his, his job. job. And he would go rate stocks, and they would come out, and they say, buy Apple, sell Microsoft. You know, hold the dough. Whatever the week, whatever, whatever that week was. Yeah, and so they were out making recommendations all the time. And one of the things that was really insightful was the pricing on Wall Street. See, when you're investing in Wall Street, you're competing with a bunch of Wall Street jerks that are all over this every day that probably have a competitive advantage against you, the average investor. And so, if there was differentiation in price or a deal to be found, that was already priced in. Everyone thought Apple was going to go up in value because they had the next iPhone coming out. And so that was already priced in. You couldn't buy it at a deal. A million other people already knew that. Mm. And so they already went and bought it expecting this. So he ended up taking his money he was making from Wall Street and buying real estate. And now he owns a ton of apartment buildings. He syndicates. He does deals in real estate. But he went from seeing what Wall Street was, how Everything was essentially priced in because everyone had all this information and all the Wall Street experts had more than you could probably get. And you you had no ability to compete to find deals in real estate, just like in small business and private funds and startups and all these things, crypto. You have an ability to compete to find deals because, of course, how do you make money? Buy low, sell high. We got to find the deals. I got to find the opportunity Mm. that I think later could be worth more. And that's where you can do it in real estate. There's, you know, how many cities are in in the U.S.? That's how many real estate markets there are, all right? It is hard for even Wall Street to go off after that and compete. Yeah, hedge funds are the only ones that have found any competitive advantage in the real estate realm because they put teams on it to try to go spend their fund. Um, On this note, too, I want to throw out this, this important point. A difference at the very beginning, I talked about the difference of 5% and 7%. Well, let's circle back to that. Let's say I can take my Roth IRA and get 12% or 15% versus seven or five people. In just a short amount of time, five, 10, 15 years, that difference in your rate of return could be six figures. It could be seven figures. We've got clients with $20 million Roth IRAs. And you hear about it more and more, these mega Roth IRAs. And how do people get there? They're investing in startups and small business and real estate. They're doing wholesaling. They're doing flips. They're doing rehabs. They're doing commercial. They're doing developments. We've got clients doing real estate developments in their 401ks and multi-million dollar 401ks. And you go, well, only the rich can do that. No, you can do that too. Yeah. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, these people were not. Yeah. Their accounts were at zero. That's the other thing is everybody sees these people have million dollar accounts. They're like, well, you know, they obviously, no, they all started at zero too. Yeah. yeah. But they got, you know what? Everyone did the same thing that we just talked about. They saved, they got to an easy place to park their money and invested it. Then they found better ways to, to strategically invest and self-direct. Okay. It is the same path. 
It is. Now I'm going to reveal the final step here, number five. Um, and I think this, and then we're going to give you some practical basic steps. One of them is uh, how to get some easy information on learning the steps to self-direct. It's really not that complex. It's just getting the knowledge to do it. Step five in this whole process, once you're strategically investing, is now being strategic in a tax manner. This is understanding the difference between a Roth and a traditional. Understanding the HSA, which you can take immediate distributions from and not have to wait till you're 59 and a half. Using a Coverdale, where you can pull out returns tax-free and penalty-free for education for your kids and rolling that account to the grandkids and then the great-grandkids and so creating these accounts in perpetuity and continuing to invest them. And what we love to talk about is Roth chunking, taking Roth money and saying, ooh, I can get this money tax-free at some point. Maybe I need to take these IRAs or old 401ks from work and start converting them, converting them into Roth strategically. And so that's where a lot of our more advanced listeners are like, okay, I get the self-directing. What next? Well, mm -hmm. how much of your self-directed money is in a Roth? Oh, yeah. well, not all of it. Well, let's work on that. Yeah. Oof. And if you're like missing a lot of this stuff, you're like, guys, you are like information overload. I don't know the difference between a Roth and HSA. We have a podcast episode. On. I don't know what Roth conversion and chunking is. We have an entire podcast episode on that. I don't even know what the hell a Roth IRA is. We have a podcast episode on that. Okay. <laughs> like we have all the content you can go consume and teach us. And it's free. We're yeah. not, it's just out there. We're just yeah. trying to educate you so you know what you can do. Now, remember when we're talking about self-directing, one of the key things is we're talking about investing in what you know. Okay. So learn, become an expert. And if you don't know what to invest in, then still save, still park your money to get some return, whether it's on wall street in a, in an efficient, low risk fee, you know, you know, conservative way, then be ready to self-direct when you see those opportunities, start getting educated where you can find the, de the deals and you can make more than what wall street's going to pay you. Because you can beat Wall Street. It's actually not that hard. I mean, the, the billion that we have here and tens of thousands of accounts that we have over here at Directed IRA, that's what people are doing. You know, Now, some win and some lose, but that's what they're doing. They're working it. They're finding the deals. They're taking control of their retirement. And, um, and that's what really self-directing is all about. All right. Now, we, we promised this for our podcast listeners. Uh, a lot of this podcast is cut down into smaller chunks for YouTube. Um, but you are faithful podcast listener. We love you. Um, thank you for, for hanging with us. Please share this podcast with your friends or family. We want to be on the cutting edge of unique strategies that you feel like you're, you know, there's no sales pitch at the end of the day. Um, so last topic, because we promised, promised this earlier is how do you kind of find that advisor and what, how do you manage your advisor in this step three when you're just kind of default investing? I'm just kind of doing the basics. I need to keep my fees down. What do I What do I look for? And so this is the difference between, and I have a whole chapter in my book, The Financial Freedom, number, chapter three, The Truth About Your Financial Advisor. So I recommend you check that out. You can get it on Kindle, um, Audible, and the print version. Uh, and it's, a, it's, a, it's just a simple chapter, four or five pages. But Matt, why don't you... You know this better than me. You tell advisor is kind of an overall term. What's yeah. a fiduciary mean, and what should people be looking for? What basic advice would you give? So basically, you kind of have like broker dealers out there, you know, that are that, this is the typical stockbroker. You know, you're at Edward Jones, okay. you know, or you're at Merrill Lynch. You know, I mean, that's the typical stockbroker, so to speak, and they have an they are have some responsibility 
and to their employer. And they can't do some things like called called sell away. So like if if you were a if you were talking to your stockbroker and you're like, hey, I want to go buy a rental property with my IRA, they're gonna be like, oh, you can't do that. And that's because their Merrill Lynch advisors not they can't do that for you. Yeah. That's called selling away because you're gonna move your money to something we don't make money on. And you know, big Merrill Lynch isn't gonna like that. Yeah, you're gonna get that advisor would get fired technically. Right for recommending something that might be better for you. It's insane. It's isn't insane. That, isn't that crazy? So their standard, the average advisor at these broker dealers is what's called suitability. Is is this investment suitable for you? And then they're going to try and talk you into staying in their family of investments and options and oh you don't want to go there yeah. and you can't do this and you and and it's not that you can't it's that they can't and they're very sneaky and a lot of smoke yeah. and mirrors. And- Let me give a couple examples. If you're at this spot, you need to move. Let's say you're at Northwestern Mutual and you have a financial advisor or you're at New York Life and you have a financial advisor. Guys, you have a life insurance salesman. You don't have a financial advisor, okay? (laughs) How much life insurance and annuity products do you have in your portfolio right now? Like seriously, they will sell what they have. So the RIA and the investment advisor representative Mark mentioned earlier, that is really the true fiduciary out there where it's their job and their licenses to be a fiduciary for you and, in, and to make investments and decisions that are in your best interests. Yeah. And they're not, not gonna, theirs. Yeah, they're not going to be at a life insurance company, a bank, or a broker dealer. These are more of your independent financial advisory firms that you see on the corner in, in a decent sized city. You're going to see them doing their thing. They're kind of under the radar. They don't have the budget to have a commercial during the Super Bowl, but they're making clients money. And yeah. they're, they're independent and they're going to, and when you walk in, you can say, are you fiduciaries? Do you, are, yeah. do you, are you not, are you married to a broker dealer? And they can say, no, we're a fiduciary and that's what you want to look for and say, okay, I want a financial plan. And some of you out there that have some larger portfolios are like, Hey guys, I'm going to have something in wall street and I want to find a good yeah. advisor and that's fine. You that's should, fine. we're okay yeah. with that. We're not saying like go all in on self-directing. I'm just saying wall street's just told you, leave it all to us. 100%. We got you. Cause we yeah. want all your money. Cause we make more money. Yeah. No. And we would love, I've got money in wall street. Matt has money in wall street, but do we have all of our money there? No. And so you need to have a well diversified plan, not just in your, broker dealer <laughs> account diversification under their definition of diversification. So finding the right advisor to do that default investing, keeping your fees to a minimum and just, and you don't have to have a financial advisor, everybody, you can go to the TD Ameritrades and buy the ETFs and the mutual funds that are no load. And again, just kind of park money for a while. If you have got more money involved, you might have an advisor. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you're like, guys, I'm just getting started. I, I don't even have a hundred grand to invest. You don't don't have a financial advisor yet. I'm sorry, you don't need one. You gotta learn how to save. Okay. Yeah. You gotta get some chips to start playing at the table. And frankly, a financial advisor is gonna be too, you can't afford it yet. Yeah. And but you can get there. There's so much you need to do to learn about saving and investing before a financial advisor can be helpful to you, really. Yeah. And some people say, Well, how much do I need to self-direct? A thousand dollars. I mean, you could 
there are self-directed investments where you may say, well, I want to go buy into this syndication, uh, mm-hmm. a, a Cardone fund that's built to allow for smaller investors. And there may be a GoFundMe type thing, or you might want to crypto. I mean, crypto was the easy one, you know, yeah. cause it's like, Oh, I'll just throw two grand at it or I'll fit in a Coverdell for my kid or I'll just drop my 6,000 in my backdoor Roth IRA this year and just drop it all into crypto. I mean, yeah. those were easy for, for me, even I bought my first self-directed investment, which is a rental property. It took me 40 grand. Okay. Now that was in my 401k. Actually, it took me about two, about three years of contributions before I could buy it. And that was just maxing out the employee contribution with a small, small match. This is, this is, you know, years ago when the contribution rules were a little lower, what you could put in. So, but so sometimes it might take you a while to get enough to do a self-directed investment, depending on what you want to do. Yeah. I partnered with the rancher up in Idaho this last year and bought five cows that were pregnant. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can go into the birds and the bees if you yeah. need to. They were impregnated cows that so had a bowl that had baby. There was okay. a bowl involved, and they okay. had baby cows called calves. Okay. And then they were bulls until they became steers. That's okay. but another. what's a heifer? A heifer is a female cow. Okay, and a, a bull would be a male okay. cow. Oh, and then okay. early on, they are castrated, if I can okay. say that word, and then they become steers. So you have steers Got and it. heifers, steers and Got heifers, it. unless okay. you keep one around as a bull. Who's the lucky guy? You know, that just <laughs> gets to meander around in, in the in the field. Okay, okay, we'll leave it at that. So anyway, I but I took my the point being, I took my IRA. See, invest in what you know. Yeah, you, I, you know cows. <laughs> not really, but but I knew a rancher that knew cows, and he was like, "You like Yellowstone? I'm yeah, I'm I'm on his form. I mean, you sound like you did. You just gave me yeah, you know a little one on one. It took a lot of work uh, to learn that, but no, I was into. Dutton family. So I formed a Kohler Dutton livestock company owned by my IRA. And I went and bought just a few cows that were in the herd. That's another term you got to get to know. Yeah. How, how big is your out herd? To pasture. Yeah. That were out to pasture. You know, when you walk around Idaho, you don't go, you know, how's your 401k doing? You go, how's your herd doing? Yeah. No. <laughs> See, like, and I'm serious. That <laughs> is building a, a future, a financial future too, off wall street, small business, all this stuff that we talk about rental properties outside of your retirement account, that is building a retirement, not reliant on wall street. Yeah. And so all the stuff that we talk about on this podcast, main street business on directed IRA, it's really talking about you being in control, not relying on wall street, small business, entrepreneurship, rental, real estate, building wealth, investing in the stuff that you know, that's where you can have financial success. And that's where you're in charge. And I know sometimes that can be a little overwhelming. And that's why Wall Street, what's what Wall Street wants. They want you to think, no, it's too hard. Don't go start that new business. Don't go buy that rental property. It's complicated. Don't go self-direct. You're going to lose everything. That's tricky, you know? So, um, but they love that because they's like, just push some buttons online. It's easy. We'll we'll handle all your money. Yeah, yeah, we'll take care of it. And there's commercial after commercial. If you watch, you know, the woman coming at home and sees her financial statement, just tosses it on the counter and throws her keys down and hear it, you know, XYZ broker dealer. We've been managing money for 900 years. We'll... Take yeah. care of your money for you. You can just go enjoy life. And then the next scene, she's out jogging or out by the pool with the kids. And, oh, yes, my retirement's taken care of. I'm just going to let Wall Street do it. Yeah. They just want to, yeah, just. You know you know what? The ones I love are the financial advisor where they're like talking to the couple that's kind of like in their 50s, you know, and they're like, and they're like, well, you've been such a big part of our family's lives and our, you know, daughter's graduating from college now and we it wouldn't have been, wouldn't have happened without you and. 
want to invite you to the college graduate. That doesn't happen. Tell me what financial advisor got in, invited got to a kid's graduation. Come God, on. I know. It's ridiculous. Ah. So, uh, well, I loved Matt's summary there a moment ago. It, you can control your retirement. Life's okay. Be careful. Be, be very uh, cautious with what you invest in, but know what you're investing in and invest in what you know. That's it's kind of two different points, really, if you yeah. tear that, you know, take that and peel, it, peel away the onion. But, folks, thanks for being here. Keep studying. Keep learning. Live the dream. Don't give up. We're not going anywhere. We'll be here next week, and we'd love to keep uh, being a part of your lives. Uh, we'd like to go to your child's graduation. I think we could do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could invite your favorite podcast hosts or attorneys, you yeah. know, self-directed IRA company, whatever it'd be. And the last thing I was just going to say is if you want to learn more, Mark and I will both be there at the self-directed IRA summit, sdirasummit.com, October 20th and 21st. It's in Scottsdale, Arizona, charity golf tournament the day after on a Saturday. So come, it's a day and a half of content learning how to self-direct your retirement. October 20th and 21st in Phoenix, Arizona. Who doesn't like Phoenix in October? Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, sdirasummit.com. And if you want to just attend virtually, you can, and we'll have a virtual host. and it'll be recorded. So if you miss parts of it, you can watch it later and you're going to love it. So, yeah. Thanks, okay. everyone. Thanks. See you next week.